And welcome back to Mining Stock Daily on a Wednesday morning interim market update. Today we are joined by Rob Sin, CEO technician straight from his trading lab. Rob, how are you this morning? How's everything in Florida as we speak? I'm um, well, uh, Trevor. Uh, things are are okay. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we're all in a really tough situation right now, but making the, the most of it and doing our best to stay positive and stay grateful for everything. Um, so yeah, that, you know, that's how I'm doing. Uh, nice to see gold in, in the green after <laughs> yesterday's uh, down. Yeah, that's $1,600 marks uh, kind of holding in there pretty well. It uh, seems to be a pretty a nice level, uh, potentially a floor here. So let's talk about gold right now and then kind of segue into the miners because there's potential as we're seeing it uh maybe the floor was in miners uh continue to move up a little bit the gdx is up uh, over four percent uh, along with the gdxj but uh rob let's stick with gold uh what do you think about this 1600 level right now is this a good floor that we have or do you think we could head lower potentially well i mean first of all I'll say anything can happen in this market in the short term so not super confident of anything, but um, from a technical standpoint, the 50-day moving average in gold is about 15.95 right now, and we've seen that serve as uh, a key level here the last 24 hours. I mean, we've dipped under it in the June futures a few times, very briefly, but not for very long. And buyers have come in to to buy it back over 1600. So. I think as long as, as gold is holding uh, this 50-day moving average, you know, you could use a round number, say uh, the support is at 1600 You know, as long as we're above that, uh, it's quite healthy. And I really do think that maybe sentiment got a little overheated um, sort of last week, you know, all, all the talk of uh, physical shortage and all that stuff. Um, kind of got things a little overheated. So we had a hell of a shakeout uh, the last couple of days. I mean, uh, basically a hundred dollar an ounce drop from high to low uh, serves to reset the sentiment, sort of, you know, shake out the, you know, loose hands. And, and uh, I think uh, smart money, strong hands have been buying here around the, you know, 1600 level. And we're seeing the gold miners just, Soar today, you know, and uh, in the you know GDX we had a four-day pullback from around 27 to 23. Extremely healthy pullback. Again, serves to reset the sentiment, shake out the the weak hands, and now today up nearly five percent as I speak. You know, despite the fact that gold is you know up less than ten dollars an ounce. You know, you got to love that. Rob, is this surprising to you given uh, some of the temporary suspensions and operations by a lot of these operators and producers? Is what surprising? That we're still seeing a move up in a lot of these miners. Do you think the market just is maybe not really care as much as a lot of these operations are being suspended because of COVID uh, and expecting that they'll be moving back in? Or, or What's your thoughts here? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, obviously it affects things in the short term, but, you know, shutting down operations, I think for the most part is the right move. So that's, you know, 
by doing the right thing, saving lives and not making the problem worse than it has to be, I think that's a market positive. Um, the market can handle operations being shut down for a month or two. That's fine. The problem could come in if this drags out for three, four plus months. And then, you know, that's a negative for the stocks because uh, they're still burning through cash. So, you know, just because you shut down, it doesn't mean that you stop paying your bills and stop paying your employees, right? So I think if it's, if it's limited to a month, two month tops, that's fine. The market will look forward six months or nine months out. The goal is not going anywhere. The goal on the ground is not going anywhere. A lot of these companies have some stockpiles that they can chew through for a few months. Um, so as long as it's temporary, I don't think it's a problem. The only problem comes in if this becomes, you know, an extended uh, period of downtime that lasts, mm -hmm. you know, through the summer. Mm -hmm. It was pretty interesting. You know, this morning we reported on uh, the news briefing how the state of Idaho actually had labeled mining operations as essential businesses. And so mining and exploration ne didn't necessarily have to shut down and, and isolate a lot like a lot of other businesses, um, which is pretty interesting to think about. And, and, and I'm just kind of wondering if uh, a lot of operations may use that essential business uh, tag as a way to continue operations and uh, productivity as we move forward. Uh, just a little bit of a snippet there. I guess that's not much of a question, just a, more or less of a comment there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so I, I do want to kind of follow back with you, Rob, because over the weekend, uh, I think it was on Sunday, I watched, uh, you had put out a video on some technical analysis when it comes to a number of um, these resources. And basically your premise was gold was the only bullish chart you could find. And that even pertains obviously to oil and silver, uh, copper. Uh, so you, I, I would highly recommend anybody who, um, has not seen that video to go check out Rob's, uh, commentary on that. Uh, but I was just kind of curious, Rob, has any of that analysis changed over the last few days since you released that video or is still, is gold still the only bullish, uh, chart you can find well yeah the point i made in that video trevor was that gold is the only major metal that i could find uh above its rising 50 day and 200 day uh you know moving averages and also it's really one of the only uh you know it's one of the only markets that's in a bull market right now. I mean, you look at all the stock charts around the world, you could go from the S&P, the Russell 2000, et cetera, et cetera. All of these charts are under falling, you know, moving averages. That's bearish stuff. Uh, so that hasn't changed, even though, as we talked about earlier, gold has come down to test its 50-day. Uh, but so far, the test is holding, and it's bounced back above it. Um, but one thing I will say is this new talk of a, uh, of a stimulus and a big infrastructure program that Trump was talking about on Tuesday. He wants to do $2 trillion to build roads and bridges and tunnels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, basically saying we can borrow money at zero interest and we can put people to work with shovel-ready jobs. You had to notice copper yesterday and some of the big copper miners like uh, you know, Freeport McMoran were up very nicely. Copper is starting to look a little better to me. 
So maybe there's a there's a trade there. Also take a look at the Caterpillar chart, which is CAT, C-A-T. That's trading pretty well. Uh, I think there's something there in terms of, you know, China and the U.S. and maybe some other countries could build a lot of new roads and upgrade tunnels and, uh, you know, bridges, et cetera, et cetera. That's good for base metals. So while I'm not saying the bottom is definitely in on copper, we're seeing some encouraging signs here. When you talk about like something like cat, Rob, are you talking maybe potentially longing cat or will you be more or less trading contracts? Oh yeah. With, with Caterpillar, I'm just talking about buying the stock okay. that, that it's, it's trading uh, pretty nicely. It's showing uh, you know, relative strength, uh, uh, you know, relative to a lot of other stocks and sectors in the market. And obviously if we do a big infrastructure spend, the largest one ever, we're going to need tractors, and all the stuff that cat makes. So, so that could be a positive for, for Caterpillar going forward. Yeah. It would be an interesting uh, bill, an infrastructure bill, because it sounds like there is some bipartisan support, actually, that with this, and there always has been. The problem is, it's just, you know, in the, the time frame that it needs to be done, it probably needs to be happen quicker rather than later. And boy, you, you, you tend to get politics involved, and that's, <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a whole nother story there. It's popular, right? I mean, it's going to create jobs. It's going to put people to work. It's going to make the country better in theory. The question is always, how do you pay for that? And and that's where it gets a little sticky. And obviously, it's not going to pass overnight. It's going to be a long, drawn-out battle. And, you know, everybody's going to want to get their piece of the, the pie, so to speak. But um, it's popular because if it creates jobs, it's going to win votes. Um, I, I think it's going to happen. It's just a question of what does it, you know, look like and, you know, what's the timeline we're, you know, we're talking about here, as you said. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about how, you know, we afford that because you actually, in your email this morning that you send out every, uh, trading day, you sent out an article, um, it's basically is called the, uh, uh, MMT is a reality article from Steve, uh, Saville. And, uh, he talked about, uh, the special purpose vehicles that's now in play with the Federal Reserve and kind of getting around a few of the things they historically were not supposed to be able to do. Um, so let's talk about where some of this money's coming from and uh, what's your you know what's your kind of overarching thesis here, Rob, about uh, how the Fed and the Treasury are going to pay for all this. I mean, it's unbelievable. We, we really jumped the shark here. Obviously, the government realized what they were facing and that all the previous old rules had to be tossed out the window to, you know, deal with this COVID-19 crisis. So basically, modern monetary theory, to, to, to sum it down into a single sentence, is a government cannot, uh, it can always repay its debt. A government, if the debt is in its sovereign currency, it can always repay its debt because it can always generate more of its own currency, simply put, right? And in a way, that's correct. I mean, if I owe you, uh, you know, dollars and I'm the, you know, Treasury Department of the U.S., I can just say, well, we're not getting any tax revenue in, but here you go. I'm just going to do a few strokes on my keyboard and here's some more dollars in your bank account. Um, in theory, that's correct. The problem comes in when I guess uh, it sort of goes out of control and the government is spending uh, more and more and more money 
uh, without balancing its books, and then you become you could create a problem of inflation as the currency becomes too abundant. Uh, there's just so much of it around, then the prices of everything goes up because the currency is no longer scarce, or it doesn't have nearly the scarcity factor it once did, right? Um, so we're really in some uncharted territory here with what the Fed is doing. The Fed is essentially buying debt from the Treasury Department. Uh, with newly formed, you know, money that's just being generated uh, on a on a keyboard, essentially, um, and then the Treasury is taking that money and putting into special purpose vehicles that the Fed then has power over, and they can buy assets. They're buying corporate debt. They're buying um, asset-backed paper. Um, they're buying mortgages. I mean, I could go on and on and on. This, this is absolutely new territory here. This is way more than even what the Fed and Treasury did in 2008 and 2009. It's unprecedented. So nobody really knows how this is going to play out, but one has to think that this is reflationary and potentially walking us down the road of hyperinflation, you know? Um, So if money is cheap and basically free, which we can just see by the yield on the 10-year note at 0.59%, um, where the price of money is cheap, uh, basically zero or negative, that's always been a very strong tailwind for the price of gold. The opportunity cost of owning gold is no longer there anymore. You can't get any yield by holding it in a savings account or buying government bonds. So just the the macro factors here are more supportive than they've ever been uh, for gold, in my opinion. Uh, Rob, I do have one last question for you before we let you go. Because the last time you and I chatted, you talked about how, for the most part, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were in the, the heat of this, of this liquidation crisis we had, you were basically playing on the sidelines and maybe playing some um, some puts and calls on on spy or you know something along the S and P five hundred. So I'm just kind of curious, how has your trading strategy changed since then? Are you back to buying juniors? Are you looking more at safer, less uh, less risky producers or royalty companies, as a lot of people are right now? Uh, you know, just give us a little bit of an idea of what how you're actively pursuing these markets. Yeah, I think the last time we talked, I was I told you I was about half in cash. I still am about half in cash. Uh, I've been trading very, very short-term trades, you know, because the volatility gives opportunity, and, and that's been, uh, you know, working for me. Um, I, I'm not doing as much on the options side. I, that was kind of like a two weeks ago sort of thing. I, I had a few trades on. A couple of them, you know, worked out nicely. A couple of them got zeroed out nicely. Uh, uh, but I have picked away, I have put in stink bids, let's say the last week or so, I have been picking away a little bit of some of my favorite explorers, uh, just trying to buy them on the cheap, uh, on, on, on down days. Uh, still not getting super aggressive here, just because uh, I know that we're in for a few months of this. So it's good to have that cash there so it gives me optionality in the future. So that's sort of how I'm playing it. Uh, I, I have been accumulating a few of my favorite names, but um, still not getting uh, you know very aggressive. 
Uh, Rob, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you and the time you do give us here on Mining Stock Daily. Uh, we look forward to getting all of your emails here uh, every morning on the trading days. And best of luck to you. We'll catch you again another time here on the show. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate it.